Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. How you doing today? Welcome to Lead Time. My name is Jake Bessling. Tim Allman. Boom. We it's are a great day. so excited boom, to boom. have you listening wherever you are. Get after if it. you like what you hear, please share this uh, with a friend or a leader or a teammate mm-hmm. that needs to uh, uh, know this stuff, especially if it's someone you're in conflict with. Uh, we <laughs> hope that this is a convicting uh, podcast. Uh, if you didn't watch, uh, listen to, sorry, listen to last week's podcast, last episode, you can check that out about change. So this is the conflict portion of the change and conflict. And if you're leading change, I mean, there's inevitably going to be conflict. So two comments out of the gate. Uh, one, I think we think we're regressing culturally. Would you agree when it comes to handling conflict? I mean, our kids don't really know how to handle conflict. Adults don't hand, handle conflict. And there's no difference between secular or sacred spaces for that conflict. Take your pick at the reason, social media, internet. I mean, people on the screen, so less deep human interaction. People just don't know how to talk to each other, and parents aren't necessarily modeling it. Number two, Christians have, I mean, we have a corner market on doing conflict well. We got Jesus inside of us. Our identity is secure, and we don't have to prove ourselves to anyone. Faith in the work of Jesus makes us whole, new, uh, from broken to restored, and we get to then give off uh, that security and that um, hope and that joy and that love of Jesus to other people. There's three assumptions, though. I mean, you got to admit, number one, daily, we got to admit that that we are still, even though we have Jesus, sinful and broken. Number two, daily, we, we, we need the forgiveness of Jesus Christ to work in and through us to give it to others. And three, you have healthy people on your team. Uh, there are healthy people on your team. Uh, They are sinners made saints by Jesus. Now they want to follow Jesus and they want to be faithful and they have good intentions. So see your team as a gift. How do you do conflict? Well, we've said this before. Our goal in certain situations as change comes is that we have to we have to challenge one another. And that that leads to conflict. And so I want to be not a big J jerk, but a small J jerk in in those conflicted situations. And our assumption to to echo what you just said is that you are on a, a team of people who are mentally you know, physically, emotionally well, they're well, okay? And you believe the best in them. So you have the confidence to wade into to difficult conversations. A lot of what we're going to share right now comes from that book, a book by that name, Difficult Conversations, the 10th anniversary edition by Stone Patton. And he literally, you, you need to pick up the 10th anniversary edition because there are so many applicable takeaways in this book. We're, we've made a lot of their content our own, but you are going to want to pick up that read. First point in doing conflict well, five tips. We're going to walk through five tips for doing conflict well. First one, Jake. Understanding the three conversations within the one conflicted conversation. Tell me more, Tim. Yeah, it's the what happened conversation. It's what's on the surface. (laughs) It's the conversation that you want to win. You don't want to lose. But there are 
two more conversations that are, are going on. And the way we get there is to recognize that intentions are invisible. Oftentimes, we put the worst construction on others' intentions and the best construction on our own. This should probably be reversed. A lot of times, you set up, and think about the last time you were in a conflicted situation, you've got a whole narrative about the other person's story, their intentions, that's negative. Do you actually have truth? Do you know what's going on inside of them? No, no, no. Only God knows what's going on inside of them. But we often simplify and just think it's the what happened truth conversation. There's two more conversations that are going on within the one conversation. And the second one is this, and guys, buckle up because you're probably going to be uncomfortable. It's the feelings conversation. Mm. Uh, Many times we try to say, I'm just rational. I'm just rational. We don't delve into emotions as well as we could and should. Feel free to say, if you're in a conflicted situation, you know, Jake, this is making me anxious. Our team is getting way better at this, by the way. I'm afraid. Did I understand you right? Because when you spoke like that, it made me feel uneasy, uh, afraid, or maybe on the positive side, it made me feel passionate. Is this the way I should feel? Engaging in difficult conversations without feelings. I like this. This is what Stone Patton and Heen say. It's like staging an opera. I don't know the last time you went to the opera, but I actually like the opera, uh, classical music. Junior high. Here we go. It's like staging an opera without the music. You'll get the plot. There's some acting. But you'll miss, miss, I can talk, the miss the depth of emotional uh, reality that's found within the opera there in, in the music, right? So do not, do not discount feelings. Uh, it's not just about keeping your head rational. It's about our, our emotional position. I heard Craig Rochelle talk recently on a podcast, and he, he's one of the, uh, he's the, pastor of the largest church in America, uh, Life, Life Church, church TV. Mm-hmm. And he says, as you communicate to people, this is interesting, um, help them uh, realize what they would think about what you want them to know, mm-hmm. what you want them to feel, yep. and then what you want them to do. So even in communication, as you're trying to uh, rap about a topic, you want to enhance the emotions there yep. of the people sitting in the room and see what the tension could be created uh, to get their emotions um, toward that conflict. Because for anything... To move forward, let's go back to change. You have the only reason you want to change is because some current reality is not as good as it could and should be. Mm-hmm. Right? We got a gap. We've got a lot of gifts, but we got a number of gaps that we got to continue to work on. Uh, understanding and talking about and managing feelings, it's one of the greatest challenges to what it means to be a human human being. And the last conversation, this even gets to the depth of, of who we are. So we have the what happened conversation, the feeling conversation, and then the identity, the identity conversation. It's who am I? How do I see myself? How do others see me? And a lot of times we just keep it surface level. But what's going on, a lot of us are like five to six-year-old little kids in the midst of a conflicted, do they like me? Do they approve of me? Am I enough? Am I worthy of being on this respective team? The identity conversation. And again, we have the corner market on that because our identity is secure in Jesus. Jake, if you or I challenge one another, we, we can like we can check that box off right up front. We care for one another, uh, we believe the best in one another, and we recognize we are equal as children of the Heavenly Father. So and a good. good thing to do then, as you're in front of that actual person, as these three conversations are going on with this conflicted conversation, would be to simply say to them, um, do you know that I love you? Uh, do you know that I like you? 
do you know that I have your best interest at heart? And I, I believe that you have the same for me. And that'll, uh, a lot of the anxiety can just kind of be leveled and go away when you have that, that true posture. So Jake, let's do a role play. Role plays are fun. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm uh, really intense. I've come into our staff meeting, uh, with a lot of my head and heart and I enter into the meeting with, uh, I can be pointed, but I can also, there's a, there's a spectrum. I can also be like way too intense and you come up to me and you lovingly challenge me. So, and go. Why don't you, why don't you challenge me like right now on, on that? Like, what would you say to me if I were too intense in a meeting? Say it was after the meeting. Okay. Hey, 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 you want me to do the right way or the wrong way? No, you're just doing you and I'm going to get, I'm going to do that. Okay. All right. Hey, hey, Tim, that was, that was intense. Um, we were just trying to order lunch and you just went off on how bad the food, food is that we were ordering. And I mean, Jack felt uh, he was about to cry. I thought you were you were saying that the burger he was going to eat was just not not good. Yeah, the car. Well, it's true, Jake. I mean, so yeah. I mean, I can't believe the unhealthy food choices that some of our team are making. Um, but but I got to be honest, dude. There's more to it than that. And this what? is the good way. Okay, there's more to it than that. I entered into that conversation with my head and heart cluttered by a lot of different stuff. Mm. You know what we're walking through right now. And, uh, and I should round back and actually I think you should go talk to him. Yeah. yeah. He's still crying in there. <laughs> Absolutely. But he's eating two burgers now Be- because I probably hurt his identity. His identity is not as a burger lover. It's as a Jesus follower. So end role play, but it's something like that. It's to move quickly. And this is what confession and absolution is. It's admitting where you were wrong and then receiving grace and, and moving forward. All right. So the first one is recognize there are three conversations within one conflicted conversation. Point number two, Jake, Stop trying to be right. Instead, explore one another's stories. Stories are so powerful. Resist the simple solution. Stories are dynamic. They're complex. And you are each actors and participants in the greater story and in each other's personal story. So can I tell a story? Yeah, tell a story. There's an old story of two pastors who are arguing about how to do God's work. So in a spirit of conciliation, reconciliation, one finally says to the other, well, um, here's the way it is, all right? You and I, we see things differently, and, and that's okay. We don't need to argue. You can do God's work your way, and I'll do God's work his way. (laughs) <laughs> you catch that? You can do it your, your way, way, but I'm, I'm actually doing God's work, doing God's work. the way yeah. you want it. Yeah, we try. We each try, and we we got to make sense of other people's personal stories. You don't have all the information for another person's story, and when you stop trying to be right, stop looking at just the first half of what we just talked about—the what happened conversation. You got to win when you stop trying to be right and explore one another's stories. You get a move from certainty. I understand intention and and plot move from certainty to curiosity. I just want to explore more of why you made that decision. Does that make sense, Jake? Mm -hmm. And we are then led to embrace. I'm coming into the conversation with my perspective, my intentions, my story. And then I'm not just going to embrace my story, but I'm going to embrace your story as well. And see how they're coming together. This is what reconciliation is. Reconciliation, it's two stories that are merging together to create one dynamic story. Resist either or thinking, right? And instead choose both and, your story and and my story. 
And Jesus was a master at this, of hearing people's stories and seeing where they're at and then um, aligning those stories to the story that he was telling, uh, the story of serving and loving and caring. And like in John 8, um, when a woman's caught in adultery, Jesus enters into her story. He does not condemn her like the angry Pharisees are. He sees her and then lovingly challenges her to leave her life of sin. And then all the all the Pharisees, starting with the oldest to the youngest, drop their stones and walk away. So transformation was possible for this woman because Jesus entered her story. And so us as leaders can enter into people's stories, not not trying to be right, but explore and learn from people's stories. Amen. Num- number Tip th- number three. Number three, find your contribution to the conflict. What? You mean that I contribute to the conflict, Tim? <laughs> Anytime there is a conflict, it's not 100% them and 0% you. You have done something to contribute to, to that issue, that conflict. Here's a big thing for we as leaders. If something is happening within your church or organization, you either caused it to happen or allowed it to happen. Hmm. Reflect on that for a second. You either caused it to happen or allowed it to happen. So if if there's a funky vibe on your team um, and you look at it and you're like, man, I can see these two people that don't get along. If those two people were only out of my organization, well, here's the, here's the thing, leader. You allowed them there. They're, they got a seat at the table because mm-hmm. you're, you're allowing them to be. In, so you have to own maybe your lack of courage. I've had this happen numerous times. Your lack of courage to engage that conflicted situation. You just allow it to just kind of, uh, you know, rustle underneath the table and create an awkward vibe on your team. Stop. Pray for courage from Jesus to enter into. That's your contribution, your lack of, of courage. So we are led then to abandon blame. What's blame all about, Jake? Man, I mean, and that what you were just talking about, um, we want to abandon blame. So you could come in and just say... Yep, you guys just aren't getting it right. But if you look at yourself and you humbly yep. think about the fact that you did hire them, you know, the fact that you contribute <laughs> to this, the fact that you're letting it go and not embracing uh, reconciliation, um, you're trying to blame the situation on others. So blame is about judging. Blame looks, uh, it's a backwards method. Mm-hmm. Um, contribution is about understanding. Contribution looks forward into the future. Yeah. So find your individu- individual contribution. This makes resolutions possible. There's always joint contribution in a conflicted conversation and finding your contribution does not mean that you have to stuff your hurt feelings or that you're giving other people power. It simply means that you're going to own what you can own. And here's another great tip when it comes to finding your contribution. It's practice role reversal. Ask this question. Ask this question. What would they say that I'm contributing to this situation. Mm-hmm. That sounds super simple, but oftentimes this is empathy. Yeah. What are they thinking about this whole situation? That helps you to get, right in, now. get in their skin and then back into your own skin to, to see that. A lot of times, I mean, a lot of this conflict could be avoided if we just thought through why are they feeling that way? Why are they acting that way? And get into their skin and take the time, pause and take the time to do so. We have to increase our self-awareness. We've been talking about that a lot, right? How aware are you of your gifts and your gaps, right? Because I got gaps. Let me just expose. It's yeah. really healing for me to expose. Like these are my blind spots that I need to speak, people to speak into consistently. One, I'm just going to give you three. What's well, so good? Though. We could go off. Oh yeah, go ahead. Can I just have some yeah. counseling time yeah, right, right now? Okay, thanks. <laughs> sure, so I can, more. <laughs> I can be go too deeper. intense. I can be too intense. I can do a lot and possibly not invite others to help me, um, not captivating their energy. And I can struggle with, with details. 
details on the Harrison behavioral set. That was not a high mark for me. So I'm big vision, but I need people on my team to help with my details. Those are my gaps. Yeah, I can start well, but sometimes not finish well. And so you ramp up, you're really excited, but then you kind of trail off with the energy. <laughs> um, I could be uh, kind of a runner from conflict. And so conflict's going on. It's like, I'm just going to I'm just gonna walk out. out, see you later, and not embrace that. And then, yeah, especially as I head into uh, more leadership opportunities with multi-site, uh, need a lot of detail people around yeah. to make it happen. <laughs> yeah, we need a lot of help. All right, point number four. Fourth tip for doing conflict well is to seek a balanced conflict perspective. Seek a balanced conflict perspective. So here are the two extremes that are to be avoided is one to be a shifter. Shifters have a very hard time seeing their own contribution to the conflict. They consistently play the helpless victim card. And they struggle with blame. On the one hand, you can be a shifter or so this is all about passing it to other people. You shifted the anxiety to other people or the opposite extreme is what, Jake? Absorbers. Mm -hmm. Absorbers. Not a shifter, but an absorber. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Tend to feel responsible for everything. You absorb all of the emotional baggage from people and all of their issues and conflict. They're, those people are very aware of their negative actions. They mm. they hyper-focus on their own contributions. Yeah, because you can go over the top, right? Ooh. It's always me. It's always me. Then it I'm leads to a what? Wreck. A lot of shame yep. and guilt. Like, oh, it was me. It was me. What was me? What extreme do you lean toward, leader? Knowing this can help you put a plan together to get really balanced. Mm -hmm. This will help you list each of your contributions to any type of conflict. So number four, seek a balanced conflict perspective. Balance is always good. Tip five is identify your normal and stressed responses. Health equals having high amounts of both aggressive and passive behavioral traits. I mean, you don't have only... Uh, one or two ways to respond, but you can actually have a third, a balanced way. Yeah. So the Harrison Behavioral Assessment Tool, which is what I'm working on uh, right now, offers a third way in walking through conflicted conversations. And all of us have dynamic, aggressive, and then on the other hand, passive traits that we live with. Dynamic, think of uh, a paradox or uh, just a gram, a diagram, and you've got this box with four different quadrants in it, and the vertical is, are your dynamic traits, and then the horizontal would be your passive traits. And all of us are unbalanced in some way, shape, or form. My On my Harrison Behavioral Assessment, if I'm unbalanced, it's normally on the aggressive side, whereas others may be on the more, on the more passive side. Our goal is to have a third way to operate given any given situation. So it, it looks like this. Take Frank on the vertical axis. Maybe your hand is even going up right now. Kinesthetic connection here. So vertically, you're frank, but then you want to be also diplomatic. That's a horizontal or passive or more gentle trait. The goal would not just to be frank or just to be diplomatic. Uh, diplomatic. It would be to have a combination of those two, to be forthright and diplomatic. Upper right-hand quadrant is where you should where you should go. So if you happen to be more frank, and unbalanced, maybe on the frank side, you could then, in intense, stressful situations, behave in uncharacteristic ways. 
that lead people to look at you and you're like, huh, uh, that, that's unusual, but you're in a stress situation. And so every human being has actually a flip response. I hope you're tracking with this with me, a flip response. So you're normally frank, but then when stress comes, you become evasive. I've seen this in myself from time to time. I become maybe aloof. I don't want to wade into, I've kind of written people off, don't want to wade into the conflict. So I have this kind of uncharacteristic flip response. On the other hand, if you're normally passive, your flip response may be uh, passive aggressive. Have you ever worked with those people? Passive aggressive people? Normally they're just kind of chill. They're just, and then they boom, they hit, you know, verbally uh, abusive. And it just is very, very uncharacteristic. So you have to look at both your normal and your stressed responses and recognize when there is an extraordinary amount of stress, you may, you may flip. I pray you've enjoyed our time together talking about conflict. I pray as you are a change agent, you're inviting other people into your world who can help you assess your your blind spots, your, your gaps. The five tips, and this is all in our show notes, are understand the three conversations within the one conflicted conversation. Point number two is stop trying to be right. Instead, explore other people's stories Tip three, find your contribution. I hope that was huge for you. Find your contribution to the conflict. Four, seek a balanced conflict perspective. Don't be a shifter. Don't just be an absorber. And last, identify your normal and your stressed responses. Share lead time, what God is doing here with a friend that needs encouragement. Leaders, your constantly change agents. Look to Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, and do not forsake the invitation to move into the difficult conversations. Go with Jesus. Have great joy, great passion. Today is a great day to lead others. Peace of the Lord be with you. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.